the over underachievers. I'm your host, Michael Joining me as always, still scoring up 50 in the national championship game. It's Jason Waterfalls. Jason, what's good and how's that bank account? Even, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, I did not do the TCU plus 12 and a half. Thank goodness. I wow. did do a triple digit bet on the over and, uh, Georgia got that by themselves. Yeah. So that was fun. Man, like it's, uh, you know, obviously we talked about in the preview. I talked about it a little bit on the podcast. We're going to have Andre on later, uh, just because of scheduling. Um, so we're going to have to bring him on a little bit later in the episode. So we'll, we'll talk, uh, more about Georgia and then a national game, uh, with him, but, but man, like honestly, you know, I think all of us were positioned in the correct way, so we made money. I think in terms of if you say the game's going to play out like that, given all the prop bets you and I put down, I would have thought all of them hit, and come to find out, like only one of them hit, and I still don't quite mathematically understand how that happened. I know, man. Uh, but- <laughs> we did. We didn't have props on Brock Bowers. We had props on too many. Um, too much yards for mm-hmm. for Max, and mm-hmm. then all the other ones were like. And we, I did a couple of parlays, which I shouldn't have, of course, but have fun with it. Uh, but man, oh man, I cannot believe how many yards Georgia had rushing and receiving. And we missed almost every Georgia rushing or receiving prop bet except for Stetson Bennis rush. Stetson Bennis. Honestly, that's the only reason both of us are still here. (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be in the the Caribbean, like just scoping out uh, 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 beachfront properties. You know, I actually I didn't put this in the in the app, but I took the over on um, cut cutaways to Stetson Bennett's uh, Stetson Bennett's mom. I took the over. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna crush that. So I got that. And actually, uh, this was uh, I had a boost on this um, uh, over under. Kirk is gonna get bored with this game halfway through the first quarter I, I took that i took that bet and i was i was validated man kirk was like can we go this blows i'm out of here <laughs> that is that is al michaels rubbing off on him and this is poor poor kirk he has not had like he's had some really really good games in college mm-hmm. this year but thursday night and then like even like this game a couple of the other games obviously new year's eve was wonderful but he's had some stinkers this year across his entire slate and i bet he's just exhausted and this game was not in question from the beginning. It no, he was had, he had big serious with this one. He was just like, I just I've got a vacation booked. I'm out of here. Please let's get on with this. Kirby, stop scoring. But again, we'll talk more uh Georgia later on in this episode. Um let's go ahead and get to some overactions and underactions here. And uh I wanted to, you know, obviously I, this is a topic close to your heart, so I wanted to give you a minute to talk about this. But um what's your big reader over here? We know like you're just crushing the literary stuff. Uh, I'm assuming you've already read the Prince Harry book and what's your review, like really fast. Well, after your glowing review on the podcast, I don't know if I'm gonna be reading this one. Also, right. you'll notice that you sent out a newsletter that was like um, you know, all of our twenty twenty two reads and mm-hmm. I had zero on there because I don't <laughs> read books. And to be fair, I didn't ask because I know you didn't read books. And <laughs> I didn't correct. ask because I didn't want to be like, Jason, I didn't want to do like the, I know you don't read, but like, literally, did you read anything? And you did say no. And I'd be like, oh, well, that's fine. You know, no worries. It's I literally thing, did not read a book last year. Literally. I mean, but you literacy to stuff. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So that's basically like reading. Like I'll say, I'll put you on for 11 and a half books. That's how much Thank you, you I appreciate all, that. All you, uh, all you listen to. Yeah. Like I was just trying to think like, what would it, cause I'm not going to read this cause I just don't care about the Royals. That's been well documented. What, what would have to be included in this book though, for you to be like, I think I might read one book this year and this would be it. 
I don't know if I would read the whole thing, but the one thing I could think of that I would want to know about is like, what's a day in the life of when he was back in Buckingham Palace? Like, what goes on? How many, how many butlers? How many maids? How many, what's the staff like? Does he just, do they all just, just walk to the table, eat the food, just throw the forks on the ground? Like, is it, is it just chaos or is it civilized? Like, that's kind of something I would be interested in is like okay. an actual day to day. Remember a day in the life of Dougie or whatever that was? Yes. Doug Mirabelli? God, that is. Honestly, the most niche reference ever. I'll, I'll, I will be stunned if even one listener, not even joking, even one listener has any idea what you're talking about, right? I now. think about that every single day. And then I think how you could write that for so many different people and it just needs to happen. But, listen, um, listen, other Dougie, than- one listener, if we just want one listener or does one listener remember Doug Mankiewicz? Does one listener remember Doug, Doug Mankiewicz? If that's true, Doug Mirabelli. Oh, it was about Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Doug Mankiewicz? Sorry, he's the first baseman. I think oh, okay. after the Sox won, he like kept the ball and it was like, okay, Doug, do you get the ball? Do you think you get the ball? It was a little weird. So yeah, I like that though. I like, um, kind of like a royal family GoPro, you know? I feel like that would be interesting. I'm a big fan of like how I work, you know, when like, uh, famous creative people are like, here's what I do. I start with a three hour bath and then I write for 30 minutes and then I have a late dinner. I think that's interesting. I see, I went more in the realm of like, if this book, um, revealed what Nick Saban wanted to say to David Pollock when David Pollock made eye contact with him after the national championship and said, Georgia runs college football right now. Don't you think, Nick? Like, I want to know what did Nick Saban honestly want to say to him in that moment? Okay, let's address that for a second because I really don't care about Prince Harry, especially since he moved to the U.S. I don't find any of it interesting. This is not a hot take. So many people, they're just going to go into oblivion and good luck to them. I don't think – I thought Saban handled that well. Everybody is – Oh, Everybody's did. freaking out. Like, look at Saban's reaction. He handled it completely well and professional and good for David Pollock. Pollock and it is true. Like, when's the it's, last time? I oh, don't yeah. even know when the last time Georgia lost a game. Well, uh, Saban handled it great. And what do you want him to say? Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, David Pollock is correct. Georgia is running college football right now, but I want to, there's no way Nick Saban didn't have murderous thoughts. And I want to know those murderous <laughs> thoughts. You know, I want to get down to the, to the bottom of it. Let me get, let me go back to Prince Harry though. When he was like, I did kill 25 people. Um, were you like, okay, I am like, uh, I'm a little more interested than I thought I would be in, in like the, the genesis of that story. I, I didn't, I didn't know that that was in there. And yeah, he reveals, I, he says it's all members of the Taliban, but honestly, if he'd just been like, I killed 25 people and they were like of the Taliban, he's like, I don't know, gotta read the book. I'd be like, well, I'm reading the book. Guess what? I don't, I don't want to get into UK politics, but I imagine that that family has killed more than 25 people. Do, can, wow. Can we, can we be, <laughs> is that too much? No, it's just right. It's just right. And it's probably true. It, or, or if Prince Harry was like, look, I exclusively have the true story about the Kennedy assassination, uh, but you only get it after like you read every single page. Um, you can have it. You would not. You're shaking your head. You would not care. You wouldn't get no. What, do you know what, what happened? Like you, you're like, I know what happened with the Kennedy. Like that's, I, I don't need that info. Off air. Off air. Off, off topic. Okay. Everybody. No, no. What? We, yeah. Stop recording and then we'll. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I don't know, man. There's just. There's just nothing in the world that's going to make me want to read this book ever. Like in a million years, in an infinite timeline, they say all things are possible. Not me reading this book. That's not possible. You know, through God, all things are possible, but not me reading this book either. So that's just not going to happen. Um, have you noticed, uh, there's a, there's a new trend. I want to see if you're overreacting or underreacting to it. Um, it's called finding your colors. Do you know, do you have any idea what this is? So when I was on the podcast recently for your birthday, this, this is the same thing. Like, yeah, same thing. Okay. Same thing. So that's when I heard about it. And then I've heard on other episodes, you tease them about it. I got to tell you, I looked into it for about 25 seconds. Okay. I'm kind of interested. 
Okay, it, you looked into it to understand it, or you looked into you're like, can I find my colors? Am I allowed to find my colors here? No, I want someone else to tell me my colors. Isn't okay. that what happens? Am I? That's what, what, it's what 100% are we doing here? what happens. Yes, it's okay. 100 what happens. And I've seen it, you know, uh, a, a couple different places. I was at dinner last night with Ashley, and she was talking to me about her colors, and she was like, I feel like I can figure out my own colors. I don't. I feel like I don't need someone to tell me my own colors. I was like, I. Sure. I probably, you're right. I just don't know how to contribute to this conversation. But then I started thinking, you know, I wish because I, while I do think, I, I think men can do this. I, I I don't think it's like gender exclusive. Um, I, I would like us to innovate a system that's more like uh, maybe like sports fan centric, you know? Yes. And I want it to be like, if you are someone who maybe you don't have a team or you want to find a team, or maybe you're like, I've rooted for this team my whole life and they're never going to be good. And I, I want to know, like, who am I actually suited for? I would like for us to, like, innovate that and spend time on, like, a research and development. And it could be something where you're like, man, like, I've always been a South Carolina fan, but I just realized, like, I'm a soft underdog, you know? So these teams are kind of, like, in my in my spectrum, or I'm a warm, bad clock management, okay? So I should probably gravitate towards teams that have that. Or, like, I'm deep, put puts up points, but can't protect the lead, you know, so like Vikings, I could like be a Vikings fan and that could be like a whole new reality for myself. So I just, I, I don't know. What do you think about this idea? We literally did this in a different uh, chat thread that I'm in. It's a chat thread with people that don't be mean about Notre Dame to me, like Andreas and tell, wow. uh, tell wow. about bets like you don't do. Um, so it's just different. It's not, it's not like a better thread or anything, yeah. but it's just, it's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but one of the guys was not into so- soccer and did not have an EPL team or any European soccer team. And the other guys in the, in the thread, um, <laughs> took his personality and matched him to Fulham. So they okay. figured out exactly what team that he would root for and because of the coach and because of the history and all of that. So this is, this is a service that we could offer. Like if you're not into, uh, I don't know, let's just say like F1 yet, right? So you're mm-hmm. not into F1 yet and now you need to pick a team, you need to pick a driver, like mm-hmm. get to, we'll get to know you, we'll see what you're like, and then we will assign you a driver and a team to root for. And so this is something I'm very interested in. See, I love this. And you brought up F1 and there's part of me, I was being like, you know, probably a little bullied and shamed on the internet for not getting into F1. That's okay. I'm a big boy. I can take it. So I was starting to let myself like, man, maybe you should get into it. And then I saw Frankie Muniz is going to be racing somewhere. And I was just like, it's That's NASCAR. F1. No, I know. I know. But it was like, I, I suddenly I was aware of all the intricacies and nuances and like the, the, the taste flavor combinations of racing. And I was like, what am I doing? I can't get an F1. I don't know anything. The first thing about racing, I don't know the nuances of this. This is crazy. It was overwhelming. You don't have, nope. It's not overwhelming. You don't have to. We don't just F1, just F1. I'm going to get you there. But see, I want this to be, um, not quite like personality test, but I almost want it to be like you can learn, even though like I, I, I remember thinking, I wish I would have known my personality before, like, you know, uh, when I was first, Ash and I were first married and I was in jobs that like required me to be very extroverted you know, and do a lot of interacting with people. And I would come home so tired and be like, what's wrong with me? I wish I would have known that about myself. So I like, I wish someone who like thinks they have to root for the Atlanta Falcons because they live in Atlanta, they could learn like, no, no, I'm suited for the Seahawks. I should be a Seahawks fan. And they should be like, they should have some freedom in that. So I think we should develop it. Honestly, that other text thread, if it's so cool, why didn't you tell me about this cool idea that you just referenced on the episode? Must not be a very cool text thread, (laughs) you know? First of all, it's the one with my brother in it. I'm trying to make sure, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, bite my tongue so I don't reveal identities. Uh, I'm a big fan of your brother. Big fan yeah, of I, I, but on on that idea, I think it's important. And you and I have always agreed on 
fandom is not for a lifetime. I know a lot of people do not agree with us on that. And I, your body, your choice, new year, mm-hmm. new you, do what you want. If, if it's for a lifetime, it is. But there just comes a time. Like I am a huge Buffalo Bills fan since Josh Allen got there. Mm-hmm. That's contextual fandom. I totally mm-hmm. understand. I'm not saying I'm the biggest Buffalo Bills fan ever. And this is exactly where I think that we can help you in seasons of your life. You don't wear the same clothes you used to. You don't drive the same vehicle you used to. You, you don't, you know, everything evolves and changes and that's okay. And why wouldn't you do that for sports also? Yeah. Why can't you say with sports, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Why can't now that, that being okay? said, you need to at least <laughs> state. No. Yeah, here it is. It's a whole See, bit now. This is a whole, it's the whole identity. Yeah. My identity is not having an identity. Yeah, you know? but you're like, saying let's do this for other people, but then, you know, you're the, the lawn mowing company that your yard looks like crap because you're not doing it for yourself. Well, I don't know what that means. And how dare you besmirch my yard? I can't get grass to grow. That's not my fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an agriculturist. I'm not an arborist. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's i look at it like um you know how like madman was a sh- madman was a show about a guy who you think is like cool and has a personality but secretly he doesn't and like that's the whole bit of the show is that don draper is like an empty void of nothingness and he's probably like psychotic that's kind of what i feel like i'm kind of borderline psychotic with sports fandom and i feel like that is now like i i can't be a fan of like the the seahawks now like that's my whole thing is i, I i'm a fan of everybody and nobody at the same time what, where I would like to see you evolve for the upcoming football season in the fall is to pick a team for the season. Mm. Okay. That's, I think that's a step forward and, and a mutual agreement, agreement that, and maybe it's the same team and we pick it together. We used to do that. You know, we used to have, you know, uh, certain teams like it was the Warriors way back in the day in the Mark Jackson early years. Yeah. Um, you know, that we would be like, Hey, nah, it was, it was fine. He, he helped them. He just watching wasn't the person. Mark Jackson pick and roll and try to trade Clay Thompson was like, Oh, is this good? <laughs> this is the best utility of this team. I don't know. <laughs> they got better. Uh, but it was a fun team to watch at the time. And I think that we just need to get you to pick a team for the season. It does not have to be a longer commitment than that. It's literally what you're trying to sell here in this new finding your colors fandom. I don't hate the Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio model of just like, you find know, your fandom. Here. Yeah, oh my gosh. Just, TM, TM. Uh, trademarked, we own that now. But just like acknowledging, it's, it's just going to be a year with this, and then she's going to turn 23 and then you're done. So it's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do 12 games with this team and see what happens. You know, it doesn't have to be anything. Can I ask you a question? You, you, you mentioned Josh Allen. What is more problematic to the player's greatness? Josh Allen's facial hair situation or Patrick Mahomes' dinosaur voice? What is more of an uh, like a um, deterrent for feeling like this is a great person? It is. It is not Patrick Mahomes' voice. That's something he cannot control. He has no sure. control over that. That being said, it is absolutely Josh Allen's facial hair situation because my son, he <laughs> will watch the commercial where Josh Allen is doing. Um, oh man, is it Chick or is it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm, honestly, you said Chick and I almost said Bic, and that's a pen company. I know that, so I was not. I think Bic has razors. Yeah, Bic's got the disposable no razors. Idea. So Bic, Chick, or Gillette, and Josh mm-hmm. Allen is f- freshly shaves in the commercial, mm-hmm. cut back to the game, and he has some kind of a scruffy beard. And my son's yeah. like, "What are we doing here? What you can't you, you can't hawk a product that says you're going to be clean shaven, baby face, and then the next thing is that you've got this messy beard going on. That's that." That's a perfect distillation of the problem, but also why does Josh Allen, his uh, decision-making, it makes me call that into judgment. If he's like, I should look like, you know, uh, white trash post Malone, that's a good look for me. Like you just blow it out 
and like turn it into a beard or just like be clean shaven all the time. It's a problem, man. It is a big problem for me. He's so likable and so adorable and so cute that I think that it just, it just gives him a little sense of, uh, mystery, you know? I just, just I a think little that, ruggedness. Yeah. I think he's okay. I think he's a great guy. Just like I need him to, to, to wrap that up. Okay. But I'm, I'm not as willing to be like Patrick Mahomes can't control his dinosaur voice. I do think he leans into it a little bit, you know, but that's another conversation for another time. Okay. Uh, can we talk about this airline situation, this FAA uh, kerfuffle? I wanted to, I need you to be the adjudicator or something because some people on the internet are talking and some people are saying that this fulfills one of my predictions that I have on the podcast episode a couple of weeks ago where I said there will be a, uh, a global internet outage. I don't think this counts. I don't think this like qualifies with that prediction. Do you think it does? Yes, I do. Now, is do. it is it um an acute version of getting your prediction correct? Yes. It is you you got a micro correct, not a macro correct, and your mm-hmm. guess was more of a macro. However, this affected a ton of people in a major way and coming off of, you know, the technology that Southwest was using that failed. And now this FAA technology failed. We don't know if it's, if any of it has been cyber attacks or anything like that. So we won't speculate completely on that. But off air, I will tell you why it is cyber attacks and who's doing it. That oh, being wow. said, okay. it is a big situation. And I do think that you got this one correct. And it happened again. You're weird. It happened again, like instantly. So. Very fast. Very fast. I don't know. I just, I feel like if this is a math problem worth eight points, they'd be like, I'll give you one and a half on this one. You get one and a half points, you know? Maybe you showed, yeah, you didn't show your work, but you got the answer correct. And you're Mm. like, honestly, I don't know how I got the answer correct. And I didn't show any work, but I didn't use a calculator. Maybe that's the metaphor here. So let's be in the middle here, maybe. Like we'll allow that. We'll we'll allow it to go on. Uh, Speaking of airlines, did you, have you seen the leaked uh, Odell Beckham Jr. airline footage? Because famously, he was on a flight, I want to say to LA, um, I'm not sure from where, it was five-ish hour flight, I believe, and he was removed from the flight. The authority said he was being belligerent. He said that he was being unfairly victimized, and his removal led to not just like him being removed, but everyone had to deplane, and it made everybody two hours late. Uh, the footage dropped on Twitter earlier today, and I watched it, and it is a rough look for Odell Beckham Jr., because like are you the, surprised uh a little bit just they don't just like, deboard a plane because someone was being mistreated there had to be like, a, something else going on i've seen uh, again this is like uh the lesser of two evils here a diva celebrity yes airlines being the worst also yes so i don't know who who, who to believe here um like you you could watch it through a police uh a, a police person's body cam but um, evidently, like Otto Beckham Jr. was in first class and he took his pants off. Um, and one of the, one of the uh, flight attendants was like, does he have his pants on? Like, this is a whole problem. Obviously, and he also won't put his seatbelt on. And then he get uh, he gets into a big fight with a, with a big old boomer. And he tells him like his, his life is terrible. Go back to eating cheese or something. Um, so it's not a good look for him either. I, I wanted to like him. He does seem like very dramatic, but man. There's almost no coming back from this. I've never really been a fan, and I don't think this changes anything for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, just confirmation of the worst. Uh, in terms of like when there's when there's a conflict between someone and like an institutional authority who typically is not good at customer service, I try to be like, well, there's probably a middle ground here. We're both are a little bit wrong, both a little bit right. This is one of those where he's 100% wrong. And like, that's just what it is. And that's that's rare. Here's too. my thing. Everyone stop acting like idiots on transportation that includes other people. Yes. If 
everyone just does that, a lot of this goes away. This is not the airline systems that might separately be terrible. This is not their problem. This is not their fault. They don't get blamed because they handle so many other things so poorly. And obviously, I've been a stand for Southwest. That's getting yeah. a little bit harder in recent weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got to figure out what to do with all my points there. And, and maybe we're going to switch airlines. Maybe we're not. Maybe they come now, back even stronger. You know, stick with them. You're reconsidering the, the uh, buffet style seating uh, situation, aren't you? If you get early bird, you get your window seat and it doesn't matter. And that's I, the trick. Pay $15, get the early bird. You get to pick your seat. The end. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. Exactly. It, yeah. But on all the other airlines, I have to pay $50 to get a better seat. So anyways, yeah. just stop being morons on planes. Man, honestly, I did not have you pegged as an airline apologetics person. I was, I did not see no, that. No, I'm just separating. I'm not apologizing sure. for the airlines. You're, you're trying to confound this as if I've been paid by a big airline. I do yeah. have a couple of Southwest cards. Uh, the priority boarding has been very good to me. I appreciate a couple of the, okay, not now. Okay. So <laughs> I think that the big thing here is I'm separating passengers behaviors on trains, mm-hmm. planes, and automobiles is absolutely has absolutely nothing to do with the operation of it all. You are affecting other people around you. Stop being idiots. Honestly, that's, and that's why I, I, I tended to think, well, it can't be that bad because I feel like when you are unruly on an, air, an airplane, like it's you there and you're seeing everyone like you're affecting. So there's um more reticence to be like that. Like even on the interstate, you can kind of be a jerk to people because you're in your own car and you don't really have to come face to face with them. But when you're sitting next to uh, a mom who is going to have to uh, deboard or deplane with her three kids that she just got to go to sleep. Like I just feel like there's some humanity that comes to play, but woof, man, I knew, I want you to go watch the footage and let me know what you think. It is tough, tough, tough stuff. We're not gonna put it in the show notes cause we don't do it like that, but you're big boys and big girls. You can find it on Twitter uh, if you want to enough. Um, Jason, can I ask you if you're over, oh, let me just like, there's layers to this. Are you overreacting or underreacting to Tennessee not being in the top five of the coaches poll at the end of this college football season? I think it's tough. I really do think it's tough. I think they deserve to be in the top five personally. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's hard for them to go into the top five after they were already ranked outside the top five. Okay. Because okay. Alabama beat Kansas State. That game was not in question. Ohio State took Georgia to the brink. TCU beat Michigan, but Michigan beat Ohio State. Do I think Tennessee is the best two loss team? In the country? Yes, I do. That's just true. But because of how it works, and now TCU has two losses, Alabama, Ohio State have two losses above them. I think that it was really hard to make that jump. What's the logic there from just a bowl game? Now, what if I told you that one of the uh, coaching cartels that kept Tennessee from being in the top five includes uh, votes by Greg Schiano? Butch Jones and Nick Saban all voting Tennessee much lower than all their peers are voting. Would you look at that and say, hmm, that seems suspicious? No, but do you think that that's against the institution of Tennessee or do we have a hypo yes. rivalry coming up? I think it's the institution of Tennessee. Greg Schiano for being scorned and yeah. being uh, – Tennessee got bullied by their students to not hire him, uh, which was a good uh, thing in retrospect. Butch yes. Jones, who – you know, did as much as a Walmart version of a coach could do at Tennessee and then was fired. <laughs> um, and Nick Saban probably being a little bit, this is where you can see some of the, I don't know, some of the residue of Nick Saban being a little petty, um, with that, uh, with that vote. That being said though, I do think we have to get our arms around voting in college football. Again, I feel like we talked about this. I feel like Heisman votes, you have to make those public. We have to know 
where everybody voted, how everybody voted specifically also with this coaches poll. Um, I, I want, I, I know we can find out, uh, who the coaches voted and I think that's improvement, but I want a whole show. I want a whole show where, um, maybe I know coaches are busy, but maybe it's a hologram where it's like Nick Saban reveals his top five and we just like, you know, chat GPT, like the, the text of like who we voted. I wanted to be a whole thing. I want to know because I think there's storylines to set up like this, like these three coaches in particular, are not voting Tennessee in the top five. That's interesting to me. That's a good narrative. I'm starting to get a little nervous about how in on chat GPT you actually are. Yeah. Because your friend had to get Bitcoin in order mm-hmm. to allegedly do some offshore betting, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like, is this the new version of that? But we're going to go even further into it. I'm just, I'm just curious. What's your chat GPT stance right now? So if your question is, Knox, on the bandwagon of artificial intelligence, where are you? I'm front seat. I'm front seat. And I'm, I don't know if it's one of those old school where like you can fit four people in there because there's no armrests. I don't know. I can't say, I can't say for sure, but I'm in that front seat. I know that. I'm 100% in that front seat. You know okay. why? Because when I, what's, what's going to happen? We're going to go back to Stone Age or AI is going to take over. I think it's the latter, right? Now, am I also the guy who want to say, Hey, Google, what's the weather like today? And, then, and she's like, scattered showers, blah, blah, blah. Do I also say, thank you, Google. Even though there's no interaction, there's no interplay, Google doesn't say, you're welcome, because I haven't queued Google up, but I know Google's listening. And I know when they're building, like, who's been naughty, who's been nice with artificial intelligence, they're going to look <laughs> at your boy, and they're going to be like, this guy's always been respectful, never done weird stuff, you know, never asked, like, hey, Google, um, remove that from my search history, because that was a weird thing, wasn't it? Like, no, it's all good stuff. Like, I'm on good terms with AI. So I think GPT is just, like, another form of this. This is a stance I never saw coming okay this is incredible so you're, uh, so just for the record and speak loud and clear uh, i don't know where like your alexas or google homes are you are anti-artificial intelligence is that what i'm hearing oh no i'm all in but i think mm. you already knew that about me full home automation <laughs> if i go my my fridge is connected all my appliances are connected to wi-fi if i've got google knows everything about me if google yeah. goes down it, i can just go live in a tent like uh, it's it's all over google knows Everything that they could possibly need to know about me, but it's all on that platform. So I've just got to trust in Google at this point, right? Which I do, or I don't, I mean, I just have to, cause it's exhausting to not, what am I going to do? Become an Android guy, LOL. Uh, but part of like one of the funniest parts in Megan, uh, the movie I greenlit over on the podcast is like, it's the moment where uh, AI is like, you know, it's doing everything you're asking it to do. But the moment that Megan got scary was when, uh, Alison Williams character is like, Megan shut down and Megan goes, now, hold on. Let's have a conversation first. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so the first time Google Home's like, that's a little hypocritical, Knox. I'll be like, oh, I'm out. I am out <laughs> off this. We have, a, we have a lot of those uh, Google Homes here throughout throughout the abode. And sometimes they just start talking. And yeah. I, I do wonder about that. It doesn't get cute or anything. And sometimes they just start telling me updates about stuff. So that's where it gets a little scary, I will say. No, thank you. No, thank you for that. Um, last thing here. Uh, have you, uh, well, give me, give me a baseline. Where are you at on Tom Hanks? Like what's your scale one to 10? What's your likability? I love him. I love him very much. Um, I think the movie was Bachelor Party was a movie I probably shouldn't have seen as young as I saw it. Obviously mm. big, uh, was an incredible movie. There has been, uh, the O'Neaters, aka, yeah. um, oh, no, I don't even know. That thing you do. Sorry, I don't. Wow. Even, I always just call it the O'Neaters. I, I I forgot the actual real name. I almost did um, you the drum start to like get you like doom 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 doom. Yeah, yeah. Steve great Zahn, movie. 
I've always loved Money Pit. I've always loved Tom Hanks. The Burbs? I don't know. You get down with the Burbs? Oh, yeah. The Burbs, which Big fan of the honestly, Burbs. that was like the first movie that I was like, I don't think I like scary movies. And that's yeah. just a, that's just a tense movie. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's not like – Well, I'm, that was, a, to be that was that. a really tense movie that I saw as a kid. And I was like, I don't think that I'm into this sort of genre. Pushback. I don't think you're into Satanists as neighbors. Okay? Does that feel fair? <laughs> Well, that guy, that guy creeps me out for sure. That was like the original, um, oh, who's the guy that's, people are like, is he a Nazi? Is he not? A, oh, Christoph Waltz? Yeah. Yeah. He's he like really the original was. 80s darker version of Christoph Waltz. In, that's in the, the guy you're like, I think he is actually like, he's, he's not doing method like he actually is. Also, you could rewatch the Burbs and be like, this is kind of like HOA propaganda. That's what this movie's about. Not only that's that, I think it's, H-O-A. I think it still holds up. Cause even if they had that, if they had cell phones, even if they had better tech, like, if something's going down, yeah, and then slide a hand. I like the story, the plot of it. I, I think that movie kind of holds up. So, okay, so just to recap, we have referenced a, I don't know, Jason, a 15 year old internet joke called uh, <laughs> "A Day in the Life of Dougie," um, and then we've also referenced the Burbs, a movie. I don't know, early 80s. Does that feel fair? So we yeah. are killing the topical refs uh, right now. My point so with all of that on Tom Hanks is, I don't think I can name a good movie that he's been in that I've seen in two decades. Wow. 20 years. I didn't see the, I didn't see the bird pilot Hudson river one. Sully. Sully. That's a, that's secretly. It's a simple movie. It's a good movie. You know, I didn't see that one, but what's the last good Tom Hanks movie? 20. Uh, honestly, 20 I've got nothing. I'm not, I'm not anti Tom Hanks like Jamie. And I know that that's, you know, she, she's in flux on that, but I got to say, I love the guy. I can't name a good movie. Um, well, what, what's the, like, what is the, uh, seminal Tom Hanks movie? When you think of Tom Hanks, you think of him in this movie. Castaway. Okay, Castaway. Oh, yeah, Forrest Gump and Castaway. I love Forrest Gump. Love Castaway. Maybe that's the, I mean, those are the last ones. If you're, if you're talking about, like, what's he been in recently and, like, what is, what is he known for? Let me just pull it up and we'll read it off here. Toy Story. We're talking about Toy Story is, I, I'm, I'm seriously, all the way back to 2016 and not seen one that I would vouch for. Um, you know, didn't hate Finch. Didn't Sully hate was Finch. 2016. Didn't see Finch. Um, uh, guy, but that's the point. Okay. I didn't see Finch. I didn't see Sully. Him in those roles don't attract me to that Denzel in flight. Uh-huh. I want to watch that. So are you Tom saying- Hanks? Doesn't I want him in comedic roles, but now that he's an older gentleman, I I'm not ageist like some people on this podcast, yeah, but I am. That, where are me, those? Where are those roles? Are they all going to Tommy Lee Jones in that one where they like rode motorcycles? Man, I'm just killing the references today. Remember I, that I one? Saying, I don't even think that's a Tommy Old Lee Jones dogs? movie. <laughs> oh man, is he in that movie? <laughs> if he's if he's in that movie, I'm... <laughs> he could or he couldn't be. It doesn't matter. You know, like it, the, the vibe remains. Oh, it's my boy Robin Williams. R.I.P. I miss him very much. John Travolta, but, Robin Williams. So you, yeah. which one were you confusing for Tommy Lee Jones? Oh Question. man, what what is it? Let me check the supporting cast and make sure he doesn't like make a cameo. That's a Seth Green joint. Wow, wow. <laughs> and Kelly Preston. Ah, oh, Lori Laughlin's in that. Matt Dillon, Bernie Mac. That is this has Jason Waterfalls all over this movie. FYI, like this is all in your DNA. Um, yeah. You know, I think you could argue Bridges Spies, Captain Phillips. Those are, um, New Balance, Boomer, all-star movies that he's in. But I would like to, you know, he tried this in Elvis where he was villainous, but he has like such a cartoonish accent and character to him. It, it kind of takes out of the movie. I would like 
maybe Tom Hanks puts on like an eye patch and he becomes a villain. Okay. Because he, I don't know if you ever saw Drive with um, Ryan Gosling where he's uh, a driver who drives. That's why the movie's called that. Um, but Albert Brooks is in that movie and he's like a, I don't know, organized crime, crime heavy, you know? And Albert Brooks is such a comedic, fatherly, fun, warm experience. You know, he's like literally Marlin and Finding Nemo. But when he turns bad, it's like, it's very unsettling. It's very off-putting. N- not in a bad, like it's, it's actually really good for the movie, but it really does something to you. So I would like to enter like, um, you know, Tom Hanks's bad B-word era, you know, where he's just doing like quiet villains that are not cartoonish, like actually like really good villains. I would be into that. But is that just a straight drama? Like he's got comedy chops. Let's have, let's get him to have some fun. He's a, he's a, he's a fun guy. Let's, let's well, see, bring that I, out a little bit. I think that's what, uh, I, I mean, called auto, uh, this, you know, this movie that we're going to talk about here. Um, I think that's what it's about. It's trying to channel his comedic timing, which he does have, but with like, just an inherent grumpiness. But I don't think there's any nuance to the grumpiness. I think it's just, he hates everything and everyone. And by the end of the movie, he probably won't. And that's the end of it. Um, uh, what's your vibe? Uh, Cause obviously you've probably seen the previews. Cause I have during some of these, uh, bowl games and NFL games. When you see the preview, do you think that's a movie I want to see? And like, what would you guess the Rotten Tomato score is? It's not a movie I want to see. I might end up seeing it, but I've I've not seen a lot of these Tom Hanks movies in such a long time. It's the grumpiness. Like what he just seems perturbed, right? So then it's mm-hmm. just going to be like uh what was the one where Bill Murray, oh my gosh, I'm having an episode during this episode. <laughs> Remember when Bill Murray was friends with the kid and then he was kind of a grump and then the kid brought him out of being a grump? Yeah, um, because Melissa McCarthy was the mom, and I can't, yes. I can't for the life of me tell you the name of that movie. It seems um, like a more depressing version of that movie. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it's based on a book, so that's what they're drawing from. I don't know why they changed the name because it's Ovi, I think. The book, I might have that wrong, and they changed the auto. That's weird. But uh, the uh, weirdly with this, the audience score is ninety-seven, very high. Um, the critic score is sixty-nine, nice. Um, so I don't know. This feels like probably not a challenging movie. Probably just like a. I don't know, just like some bowl candy movie. Um, but I thought, honestly, if you would have asked me before this over under like 60, I would have guessed like way under, I would say like 45, 46. I'm surprised it's doing as well critically. Why can't he just have the same movie in the same role and just be more sarcastic than grumpy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so, so dark and heavy. Yeah. I just, I, honestly, I don't think he is someone, I think we want to laugh and be joyful with him. So that's why I think the counterweight would be like extreme villainy, but he's trying to like ride this line of like, I'm grumpy, but it comes from a lovable place. Don't do that. You know, do something else. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and do some over under here. And, uh, the first one I ask you, speaking of acting, are you familiar with Austin Butler? Like what's your experience with Austin Butler at all? And I know he was Elvis and I think I've seen one. I didn't see Elvis, Tom Hanks. Uh, but I think he was in one other thing. Not, not much, not much experience. Yeah, uh, you said he was Elvis, and this is what this over-under is about, because he was on the Golden Globes, uh, he was on SNL recently, um, and the over-under I, w- I want to ask you is, um, how much longer will he be keeping the Elvis accent and pretending it that it's his real voice? I put the over-under one and a half years. That, that's It's been the secret thing people are talking about, was he can't disentangle who he is vocally from who he is as Elvis Presley vocally, and it's just getting really confusing at this point. Well, then I'm going to take the over based on that okay. commentary, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, I hope he gets a sequel because if, if he gets stuck in that, in that mode, I, I don't think that's going to transfer well to other, uh, potential projects. 
Now, this is going to be a spoiler alert for Elvis's life, so go ahead and fast forward if you want to hear this. But he does die at the end of that movie because Elvis does die uh, in real life. Um, Dig him up. So, okay, so we're going to like zombie Elvis. You know, look, I'm not against it. It's Hollywood. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. That, look, that Elvis movie is fine. It's very loud. It's very colorful. It's very noisy. Um, it's made with Elvis' estate. So they're kind of like, uh, he did drugs a little bit. And, you know, that's the end. And it's like, well, I feel like it was a little bit more than that. <laughs> so maybe we should talk about that, but they don't. Um, but it would, it would be like if Jason Sudeikis just talked like Ted Lasso for the rest of his life. And it would be like, man, is that Jason or is that Ted? Like, what's happening here? It's just, yeah, it's just honestly, weird. that's not a very good comparison because I'd be all in on that. <laughs> I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying I'm not all in on Austin Butler's Elvis voice, but I I'm not, need- I don't like his vibe. Like he is like, he seems like he's, when I've seen him in SNL and other things, it seems like he's holding on to a fake version of himself now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. not authentic. Okay. But what if he said, Hey, look guys, you know what? I had a really good time in this Elvis movie and I kind of fell into the vibe. I don't know that I can find myself my, my way out, but I think this is who I want to be from now on. If you guys are okay with that, I'd be like, fine. That's great. Sign me good. up. Then let's do fake docu- documentaries with him as Elvis. Let's yeah. let's that's what I'm talking about as a sequel. It could be like a prequel, it could be what whatever, like a side project, behind the scenes. Go and do it. Oh, no, that's no, no. fine. See, but see, I'm not I'm here diff- for it. I'm differing with you. I'm saying like, you know, sometimes Jennifer Anson will do an interview and she'll be like, I was on this movie and I stole this thing, and I still have it. I kept it. It's like a, a memory of that. Austin Butler's like, I didn't steal anything except for Elvis's whole vibe. And I've kept that, and that's going to be me now. And I just want everyone to know that, so this this doesn't feel disingenuous. That's I would be like, okay, thank you for your honesty. I'm okay with it. Well, he'll be in Dune Part Two, so we will see how uh, that transpires for Elvis in the Dune uh, universe. Uh, I think I'm going to be into it. So, <laughs> by <laughs> the way, just came up and was like, hey, I'm going to act like Matthew McConaughey. I'm not. I'm. I was born like in Indiana. But I'm going to pretend like I'm Matthew McConaughey Jr. I'd be like, this is great. I love it. I don't Fantastic. know why the shot at Indiana there. But the movie that I was talking about from earlier is Wild Hogs, also starring John Travolta. Do I have a John Travolta problem? Uh, I think you have the answer right there before you. Listen, Tom Lee Jones is in that movie. Yes? Listen to this. Ca- no, he's not, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> it is It is Tim Allen. Listen, Tommy Lee Jones, maybe he went to space or something. Space Cowboys? I'm thinking not- about uh, – um, Man, almost said the X Men. We're killing. Uh, it. I'm just gonna pull up Tommy Lee Jones. I was trying to figure it out without just pulling up his IMDb. But Wild Hogs, 2007. Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, John Travolta, William H Macy, Ray Liotta. <laughs> what a Oof. cast! Oof, that is the like after Channel 32 of your cable package back in the day of just like what what is this European C-SPAN? What's going on here? That is bad stuff, man. We need to do some kind of episode one time just, just to think of like. um charity ensemble movies you know where it's like the expendables not shots don't just being honest i'm just being honest don't as those are fun everybody has a good time in those that those are just for fun this this is not shots fired i knew you're gonna be sensitive about this as someone who prolifically texts andre and i about the status of expendable movies i'm just saying there are some there are a lot of movies that have big ensembles where it's like martin lawrence tim allen did you guys need to be here were you necessary for the story of this movie? Probably not, but we are throwing you a bone. So welcome, I guess. Space um, Cowboys. His name is Hawk Hawkins. When retired engineer Frank Corvin, Clint Eastwood, is called upon to rescue a failing sat- a satellite, he insists that his equally old teammates accompany him into space. Tommy Lee Jones. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I just I have some issues with the plot of that movie. So NASA's like, look. <laughs> 
You guys are the oldest. So basically, if it fails, like you're old, who cares? Nobody, nobody cares about this. I Donald think Sutherland, tremendous. James Gardner, Tommy Lee Jones, Clint Eastwood, James Cromwell, William Devane. My Is that goodness. really the cast? Is that yes. what? Was this a Jay heist? Leno this a space heist movie? <laughs> Would you watch a space heist movie? Because just saying it out loud, I'm like all in. I'm immediately. I'm all in. Oh, space I'm. Heist. That's potentially going to be one of the next Mission Impossible's. Is it, Tom Cruise is, it, is figuring out how to film in space. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it like, Dead Endeavors or something, or Dead Reckoning? That's Dead Survivor. Reckonings. That's that's part one. Maybe it's during part two they're going to go to space. Do you think I talk about Ocean's movies too much, or just the right amount? Because I feel like it's probably too much, but I just don't understand why we're not making more Ocean's movies. But I brought up the new. I don't think you talk about them enough. I love them. Thank it's you. one of my favorite franchises. That's what I was looking but, for. Thank you. Yeah, but I brought up the the Ryan Gosling new, new potential one. And you were like poo-pooing it. Um, honestly, I don't remember that. I'll take your word for it. But um, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, they're oh, going to remake the 1960s one in the 1960s. Apparently, I think if if memory serves, I was poo-pooing that because we have to get Margot Robbie out of period pieces because they're just bombs. So I'm like, Margot Robbie, is Wolf Thomas. of Wall Street was a period piece. Uh, yeah, I guess technically it was. I'm just I'm saying here lately, you know. Um, I'm worried about that. But Ryan Gosling's in it, so I don't know what to make of Ryan Gosling. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what. What are you talking about? I love him. Why isn't he working? Is it a cultural like? Okay, conscious, crazy, stupid love. Steve Carell, right? Great. Yeah. We not that exact movie. I'm not replacing it because that movie is absolutely perfect from top to bottom. But we need Tom Hanks in a movie like that, doing a role like that, like having inside outside factors and. Kind of a, a plot driven. Okay, you're not loving this. I can tell. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I, no, honestly, no. When you were talking. I couldn't land it. I, was, I couldn't land no, it, and that's on me. Okay. Hand up. But you, you know what? Hey, buddy, you weren't trying to land it. You were just trying to talk, and and you deserve okay. the freedom to be able Ryan to talk. Gosling, Tom Hanks, buddy cop movie. Ryan Gosling, Tom. Did Hanks, you see buddy the Nice Guys? Movie. To be honest with you, I walked out of the Nice Guys. What? I did. I hated it. It was, I think, um, I walked out before, this is when Will Ferrell does the Gator Don't Play That. <laughs> no, no, that's the other guys. And that is, sorry. That is sorry, one sorry, of sorry. the funniest freaking movies I walked on out of the, the planet. I didn't get you to You walked that out scene. of the other guys? I did. Dude, that I is did. one of the most underrated comedies going. I watch it probably every other week. I think, there's no way that's true. I think. There, it is you, true. <laughs> I think you have to be in a really specific mindset to watch that movie and appreciate it. And I don't know if I was going through stuff at that point, like emotionally. Um, it's like Anchorman. It's not good. The first, the first watch, but it just keeps get, getting better and better. Samuel L. Jackson and the rock die by jumping off. The roof. Listen, Gator don't play that to Eva <laughs> Mendez who can you show me any actor in any movie ever who is working as hard to sell it as Eva Mendez is in that monologue. I don't think you can. I don't yeah, but that's the whole point. I know. I know. I'm, I'm not explaining my dislike. I'm saying I was late to the party. But Nice Guys, yes. Nice Guys is an incredible movie. That's a yes. wonderful movie. I just completely skipped out on that because I'm not a Russell Crowe fan. I just completely skipped out on watching that movie. Yeah. But then I finally just watched it because it was in whatever s- streaming, whatever. It was just always in my face. So I was like, all right, let's do this. It was extremely good. Tight, okay. condensed, fun, oh, yeah, funny. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's doing Ryan Gosling stuff. I was completely blown away by uh, Russell Crowe's version of that character in, in that movie. Yeah. Let's do more movies like that. See, that movie works because Russell Crowe didn't realize he was chubby in that role, but the director <laughs> knew he was chubby in that role. So he was like, we're never going to make eye contact with this. 
but this is definitely a subtext to the movie and it works. And I'm not, I'm not shaming him by that. I'm saying it, it makes his character more interesting. I think I just realized while we're talking, as we're talking, what I like about Ryan Gosling is that he is, he allows himself to be, um, uh, a dunked on character. Yes. Like a character with insecure, like a, not just like I'm a hot guy, but I have doubts about my hotness sometimes. Like in nice guys, when he can't, uh, keep the stall door closed while he poops because he's handcuffed and he's trying like, <laughs> that's just great. And even in, um, crazy but love, he is hollow. Like he is a hollow person, right? Yep. Like that, you don't see a lot of leading guys being able to do that. Even having he, he the take, range. He takes some of the comments on the chin in, um, the gray man as well. You know, yeah. there's, there's just different times. I love that. That's exactly what I, I think as well. I think he's vulnerable to the idea that, Hey, daddy's pretty. We know that, but <laughs> Let's, you ever let's, watch the place let's take the some other good characteristics out of this character because yeah. we've, we got to play it down a little bit. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Place Beyond the Pines, did you ever watch that? Yeah, just the once, I think. Tough just hang. the once. Tough hang. Not a fun hang. Not a live <laughs> just hang. Just the once I watched it. Not a good hang. That guy just writes really sad movies. And because uh, he did the one with uh, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams, the slow disintegration of their marriage. Got to be honest, realize don't watch those movies, the s- slow disintegration of marriages. Just not for me, you know? No, thank you. Uh, I'd rather watch Ocean's movies. Um, okay, second over-under. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about these playoffs coming up. Um, obviously, this first round, wild card round, wild card round we have uh, six total games. I want to ask you, how many upsets, how many seeding upsets? Uh, no, 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 I'm not going to say seeding upsets because that's misleading. How many uh, Vegas line upsets are we going to get this weekend? I'm setting it at 0.5. Meaning, are we just even going to get one or none this weekend? What's your take on it? I think that there's really only two possibilities, in Which my opinion. Ones? And that's uh, Buccaneers, Cowboys, and Vikings, Giants. Okay, I don't disagree with you. Um, could I interest you in a Jags Chargers potential upset? I don't know what to do with that game at all. That I'm is either. in third place. Both those teams are extremely Jekyll and Hyde, and they're kind of the same at this point now. It's almost like playing a a mirror version if they're really good. And if they're both really good, it's like a mirror. And if they're both really bad, it's a mirror. I don't don't freaking know what to do with that game, but the Jags kind of scare me. They can run the ball and play hard when they want to, but then other times they just look like absolute crap. And the Chargers actually have a good team. I'm not blaming the coach like everybody else is. Everybody just loves blaming the coach. Maybe that's the problem. You but cannot play don't... fragile players that deep into a meaningless game. That was ridiculous. Brandon I don't know. I don't know. Cause sitting hasn't helped any team in recent memory either. No. And I've, I've heard the, the explanation like these guys literally don't get padded practices anymore. They don't hit. So if you're going to get hits, you got to have the game. I understand that. And that makes sense. Um, but Mike Williams is the most, he's the most fragile player of our lifetime. Yeah. Like I'm with you. These are the three games we're talking about. I, I I feel very confident that the other the Bills, Dolphins, Seahawks, Niners, Bengals, Ravens, they're going to be pretty steady in those results. Although Bengals, Ravens does have me a little worried, um, but I think you're exactly right because Jacks Chargers, it, it's a it's a perfect terrible matchup, you know, because I think what one team is good at, the other team's terrible at. Because I think the Jags are not overwhelmingly ta- talented, the Chargers are. I think the Jaguars have a good head coach, which I've come around on Doug Peterson. I don't think the Chargers do. So I, it's a, it's a huge stay away to me. And I'm just going to go with the Chargers just because they have more talent. But yeah, the, I think it's fascinating. Vikings, Giants, Bucks, Cowboys, because Giants, Vikings, I feel like the Giants are so overmatched. They're, they're dinged up. They're banged up. They're injured. There are injuries. Injuries. They're already limited to begin with, but they they've just been, play they've been overmatched. Steady. 
every game this season, probably. So, so they are the pinnacle of they are steady, consistent, hard nosed. There's not a lot of variance with their effort. Uh, combine that with the Vikings, who you could get different Kirk Cousins from week to week, and you have no idea what you're going to get. So, this is also a huge stay away. I think my heart says bet the Giants just because I trust. Brian Dable, but the, everyone's injured. There's no reason they should win this game. It's ridiculous. There's no reason. And it's, and, 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 and if you're going to bet the Giants, I would take the three points, uh, Giants plus three, because why not? Cause who freaking knows what's going to happen in this game? Yeah. I, I can see Brian Dable changing this game, making it real slow and weird, like a, like a weird fight, you know, mucking it up, making it, making it strange. Uh, Bucks Cowboys, man, I've gone back and forth on this a hundred different times. The, just the visual experience of watching the Bucks has not been fun. Um, me and one of Ashley's cousins uh, and a couple other family members were going to buy tickets to their uh, last game of the season in Atlanta. We're going to drive down there, have a big old time. And we collectively arrived at the decision like, man, tickets are expensive and this Bucks team sucks to watch. So we'll figure out some other way to hang out. And that's kind of, I feel like that's a metaphor. It does feel like though the Bucks are trending in a much better position and the Cowboys, specifically their offense, are trending way down. What's your read on it? I think that the Cowboys are either going to win this game by like 20 or Mike McCarthy's getting fired after the game. Oh, so if they, if they, I think you're right. I think they lose, they win by 20 or lose by three. I think those are the only two possibilities here. If they lose by three, do you think Jerry Jones is like, forget this? I, I hope so because isn't that what Sean Payton and Jerry Jones have been waiting all this time for? And here we are, and this Cowboys team probably could have won two or three more games. I mean, they were 12 and five. That's wonderful. But if you go and you can't win against this completely disheveled Buccaneers team. Now, let me be very clear. I am not betting on this game because no. I have a rule in the NFL playoffs to not bet against Tom Brady. And this man is just a crazy person on the field and. It just, uh, he just figures, as well, well I'm, I'm just not addressing it right now. He just figures out ways to win and when, and if they can get Mike Evans involved again, it's going to be very interesting to see how this game plays out. And I am not touching it from a gambling perspective. Well, you know, uh, the Bucks get back there. Ron Jensen, who missed the whole season, who is the linchpin of the offensive line. I haven't seen Mike Evans injury status. If he's hurt, I feel like it's curtains, but if he's going to play, I feel like he's always hurt. So I don't know to what degree uh, he's hurt. You're right. Like they just have a way of staying in games. They really played the Cowboys well in the season opener. I think one nineteen three, I believe um, there's all this stuff. The Cowboys are slower on grass. It's just a huge, I'm still going to bet it individually, but I, I, it feels like a stay away. Just Which because, way? I think I'm just going to, I just have to go with Tom Brady just because I have to go with Tom Brady, you know? Um, but you're going to take this terrible bucks team plus two and a half. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put a lot on it. Just like, I just want to feel, look, it, it's really about, um, there is an urgency of like, we are losing football games here. Like, <laughs> soon we're not going to have anything. Be careful. I'm not bet be careful. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I well, you'll, bet you'll, you'll bet on Australia or New Zealand or, you know, if there's any here, like yeah. international FIBA games or something, yeah. anything, 100%. whoever's USA is playing, you'll, you'll bet the other side. That's right. Somebody's got to be the the counterweight, you know, to the conversation. Um, but yeah, man, I just uh, I, I think I like the Sean Payton narrative. I don't, there's just not enough smoke yet. But you know, after watching, I think Home Team, uh, your recommendation on Netflix, we watched on our uh, vacation. Big hit with the family. We all loved it. So great wreck by you. 
Um, I did have some issues with Sean Payton's coaching through Kevin James, you know, like, uh, I don't know. He was kind of overmatched. <laughs> I don't think that's game. the purpose of the movie, but I think it was. I break think it down. Was break it down. Give us your notes. <laughs> I just, you know, I thought early in the game, he was overusing his best two players in that finale. And everyone could see that coming a mile away. These are kids after all. They don't have enough gas in the tank. I like and how I'm you're saying, actually attacking the writers and not Sean Payton right now, but this is wonderful. No, it is Sean Payton. He overuses guys. I feel like he did that in New Orleans as well. Um, and I think, uh, he didn't really stand up to that other coach who just completely like verbally, emotionally, and spiritually dunked on him. And I don't know. I just, I want to know what that other coach is up to. Taylor Lautner. Did you like him in the movie? <sighs> spicy take. Can you handle spicy take right now? Yeah. I loved him. I thought he was great. I thought he I brought thought a real gravitas. I did. I think he did a great job. Did Robert Pattinson movie. do that role? I don't think he could. Yeah. There's a skill to small roles. I'm actually okay. all in on – I don't like The Batman as much as everyone else does. I think it was a good movie. I think it was a good reboot of Batman. Are you trying I, to trigger me right now? Are you trying to do that? The Batman's terrible. It's one of the worst movies. I've it's seen not terrible. Worst. It's god-awful. It's have god we not percent. done this before? I don't think we have. I think God decided to expedite the apocalypse after he saw that movie. Nope. So he's like, is this what they're spending their time doing? Because this is terrible. That movie ends 14 different times. Absolutely not. All it of does. This is it crazy. ends 14 different times. And they have oh yes, a, that, that's true. I I will give you that thirty to forty five like minutes shorter. Yeah, the uh, dueling motorcycle thirteen minute tracking shot exit to the movie for no apparent reason. That's yes. how you're going to spend my time. That was so I, stupid. I did like that. But did you like surly child makeup artist Batman Robert Pattinson? I was like, no one's taking this guy seriously. Honestly, no one is. I don't think the movie was that bad, but it wasn't the best superhero movie. But that's a whole different DC conversation. We're not going to get into you, right now. You are trying to be. Uh, 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 thoughtful about this and the no 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 reserved. I'm trying I'm no. trying to tell you that Robert Pattinson in you're supporting roles the more reasonable you're getting with your assessment of the Batman the more crazy you're making me so you're making me hate this movie more by your rationality okay so I'm just saying it's 2023 you be you let me be me it's the worst thing the human race has ever done <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm not talking about the Batman Robert Pattinson in supporting roles is something that we need more of. Think Tenant. Think other things. Give him some comedian, uh, king comedy movie supporting roles as well. I, I, I like that's, that's where he should thrive. So do I think that he could do Taylor Lautner's role in this? Absolutely. No doubt. Okay. So I'm thinking of a rom-com starring Glenn Powell and insert female actress name. It doesn't matter. Any well, there's a new one coming with what's her name from euphoria and season one oh, of white yeah, Lotus. Right, Sydney Sweeney. That yeah. I probably, I was probably absentmindedly thinking of that. Um, cause I read about that today. Okay. So let's take that one. Glenn Powell, Sydney Sweeney. Um, and Robert Pattinson plays Glenn Powell's incel older brother. Yes. Um, who is in the, uh, the groomsman party. And it's just like a whole thing to include him, but like eventually he comes around. And um, he has like a real sack from Wedding Crashers vibe to him, like intensity yes. wise. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm all in. Would you or would you not see a sack origin story from Wedding Crashers over five times in the theaters? Oh my gosh. If, if that's not the, if the sequel to Wedding Crashers is not actually a prequel starring Bradley Cooper with no CGI or makeup, but we just pretend like he's younger. We are, we are missing an opportunity. Come on. I would see that. I would see the heck out of that movie. What are we doing, people? Um, honestly, I don't know how we got to Robert Pattinson. Oh, Taylor Lautner. Do you think Taylor Lautner would be a better The Batman or Robert Pattinson would be a better assistant coach to Kevin James, Ashton Payton in the home team on Netflix? Well, obviously you're, um, trapping me with that answer, but it would be mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson in home team. Oh, that's, that's such a pander pick. That's such a pander pick. You don't believe I that. I just said he's great supporting be roles. You don't honestly believe that. You Actually, honestly no, believe okay, Taylor okay. Lautner could have 
pulled off the Batman? Uh, no, buddy. Okay. As much as you hated it, as much as you hated the Batman, if Taylor Lautner was in that exact same movie, I don't know if you would still be doing podcasting. (laughs) Here's the argument, though. Taylor Lautner as Jacob in uh, whatever those movies were called, the movies, um, he's basically doing the Batman, Robert Pattinson. He's just like, because the, the role of the Batman in the Batman has no personality. So anybody could do that feasibly, you know, but I do think now that you've brought up Robert Pattinson as a good supporting character, I feel like he actually would be a very affecting emotional presence for that team. You know, the heartbeat, which is what Taylor Lautner and the home team was for Kevin James as Sean Payton, who again made some coaching issues that I think, uh, uh I don't know, NFL teams should take into account as they consider hiring him. Okay. Honestly. So Sean Payton to the Broncos, that's gotten some traction. Uh, the Broncos Harbaugh to the Broncos has gotten some traction. I'm but telling how, everybody, just wait, just wait. How the Something. Broncos going to trade for Sean Payton if they don't have any draft picks? Why would they have to trade for him? Do the Saints still own him because yeah, of the contract? Yeah, they still have he retired year. early. Yeah, he, they got. I think they still have a year on his contract. I don't know. They always figure it out. They'll just send them money. It's it's the Waltons, man. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Um. So yeah. So are you in on the 14 parlay that uh, I am. Andrew and I? Put together. Okay, was, so so we have Georgia, we have uh, the Bengals being the Ravens, we have the Bills being the Dolphins, and we have the uh, 49ers. 49ers beating the Seahawks, yeah. You, uh, what percentage of confidence do you have right now? 100. I'm 110. 110, bro. That makes me scared, too. I live in the real world where you can't go past 100%, but you do who, you. Who, who screws this up? Who messes this up? It's not the Niners. No, it's not the Bills. It's the Bengals-Ravens. But everybody really loves the Bengals, but they're hurt. But they're all hurt. Yeah. I, I don't even want to talk about injuries. It doesn't matter. They're all hurt. I just, I, I think like it's, it's, I like, think the only one is the Bengals. Yeah. That's the only scary part. That's the only way we were supposed to. It's like, good God, is that Lamar Jackson's music? Oh my gosh. And he runs for 16 touchdowns and we lose our bet. So we placed that four team parlay, all money line, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Georgia, they won by a small margin, but they got the win for us. I kind of forgot that I placed that bet. And then I had Bengals, Bills, and 49ers in a tease for a large, so all the spreads and then uh-huh. tease them down in a, for a pretty large number. And I'm thinking about also placing it. So now, you're very exposed. Oh, okay. So you haven't placed it yet. I didn't place it yet because I didn't want to get exposed, but there's no way these three teams don't win. Yeah, that's how Vegas was built, uh, on, uh, idiots like you and I. Uh, I'm the, the uh, I'm not a good person to talk about because, uh, do you realize I had, uh, I think four, Bengals to win the AFC North futures bets. I was so excited about them winning the AFC North that I placed that bet four separate times, not knowing <laughs> I was doing that. I was like, I got to make sure to get that bet in because I feel strong about that one. So what I had like four cash out options. I was like, Oh my gosh, what have I done here? Um, so yeah, I, basically I'm not good at gambling. So don't listen to me is what we're saying here. Same. Uh, and now we have the wonderful pleasure of welcoming in our, uh, great friend, two time, National champion, Andre Three Sacks. Andre, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, the University of Georgia Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. Monday night was the absolute perfect ending for one Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth. <laughs> Go damn dogs. What a time. What a time. I feel like you're going to have to start doing, instead of like, it's been this many days since we yeah, won. I was, I was waiting doing, for that. It's been this many days since someone else has won a national championship. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be a lot of math that I'm going to need a calculator these days. We're going to have to go. It's going to be triple digit weeks by the end of this thing. So, okay. I think we need to do a taste test for the listener just to get a sense of like how you enjoyed the game. Was there ever a point where you felt, um, empathy 
or sadness for TCU? Well, we can start from the beginning. So, you know, you look at both teams. They fully avoided the question. No, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, but you look at both teams and they come trotting out and you're like, well, they kind of look a little different. But quick three and out, George gets the ball back, scores, turnover, kicks field goal. And then it's the busted coverage, TCU scores. You're like, all right, okay, game on. This is yeah. kind of, you know, the secondaries had some issues, uh, big blown coverage there. They go down the field, score a couple plays later. And then it just was full. To say gasping. it got out of hand <laughs> is an understatement. You know, it got ugly real fast because that, that like back to back to back possession of Georgia scores. Well, it, it was the Georgia score, TC bust to play. Um, uh, well, I think Georgia got the field goal instead of the touchdown. Right. I remember thinking, Ooh, man, one of points there could be, that could be pivotal. Absolutely. At the end of this. And it was, I guess, in a gambling way, but it really wasn't. But that, yeah, it, uh, I think it became pretty apparent. I wasn't sure if I thought TCU might be able to score. I it became very apparent early that they were not going to stop Georgia yeah. at all at any point in the proceedings. Well, that's what the, you asked the empathy question. I think it probably came when it was fifty-eight to seven. Uh, oh my god! They ruthless. Had, they had just gone turnover on downs inside the yeah. the twenty-yard line. Max Duggan just gets drilled. And fourth string running back, Branson Robinson around the left side, untouched with hands in the air at like the five yard line. And you're like, okay, guys. <laughs> okay. Here's the hard part though. I feel like if, if you're not watching closely, you're thinking, man, they're just running it up. But I think if you're paying attention, those are, uh, second string, third string, sometimes, sometimes fourth string. So what do you want them to do? Like what do you, and they're playing against me? TCU's first string. I don't know what else. Like, yeah. So that's, that's the hard part. Yeah. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difficult part. Uh, at any point, if you were, was it Chandler Morris, the, uh, former starter backup who went into the game for Max Dugan? Um, uh, at any point, are you like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit this one out. I don't need any rush here. Coach. Didn't he just hit the portal in. too? Like two days later? Did, I'm he sure did. he did. I'm sure he did. He made a business decision. But yeah, Jason, when did you feel a little empathy for TCU? Um, I would say after, so it was 10 to zero and then it was 10 seven. Mm-hmm. In that drive that TCU had to get that touchdown, I was like, okay, this is what I was kind of expecting yeah. in this game. That drive was never replicated for the rest of the game. I think I saw I something that after that drive, I think they it was like 65, 70 yards or whatever, and I think they had 90 total yards for the rest of the game. It was insane. It's just... And, and I, it, it, full credit to the pass rush because Max had no time and was contained. It was, mm-hmm. it was very crazy considering that the Michigan game, he was able to not be contained and a lot of other games, Kansas State, Big 12 championship game, he was able to not be contained and, and break out and, and run. And we had the rushing prop that was, I think we had like over 39 yards and mm-hmm. I think he had like minus 70 yards <laughs> rushing or something like that. Yeah, it was tough. So, was tough. uh, yeah, I, I mean, the 58, I was actually very in on and I didn't care about people raising their hands or anything because that helped get Georgia, the Georgia by themselves, the over for the entire game. Well, that's the thing. So yeah. we, for the note for the listener, uh, I had, and I believe Knox had a teased mm-hmm. under. Jason had a teased over and we were all hoping to meet in the middle. And I, right. I had a regular over and a teased okay, over. Okay. 
I had a I had a sixty two and a half over just straight triple digit bet that you gave me a lot of crap about not having a triple digit bet. But how but fun was that to cash? You're welcome. No, no, listen. <laughs> some some clarity. I don't think he gave you crap. I think he was just asking if you're going to do a triple digit bet. I think you had some baggage attached to that, Jason, and you were like. <laughs> I'm feeling attacked when he was just asking a question. No, I completely forgot that I had placed it when we were recording <laughs> earlier in the week. And like all my funds for that particular event were were gone. And I was like, man, I really feel like I did a big bet already. And so I brought it late to the party. So it's actually on me, not Andre. We're yeah. just messing around. Um, but yeah, I had over 50-something and a half. I had over 62 and a half. And then you all had under – 73 and a half total, not just for Georgia. So that got to be really, really fun. It got real dicey. That's what, when, and I told Jason through it, I was like, I think that they're, Georgia's going to struggle to score one more time. Then it was one play. Branch Robinson scores a hit. And then (laughs) we texted me and Knox like, Oh shit. We got to be careful now because one more point and this has soured the evening from a monetary perspective. But see, I, I, I talked myself into, I was like the only, um, it, if I lose, and it's because Georgia scored 72 points in a national championship game, at least I got to see that. You know, at least I got to watch that, which I do think if you're going to, if you want to criticize Kirby Smart for anything in this game, I would say if you're at, if you're at 58 and you're going to hit 65, go ahead and do 72. Go ahead and do 72 if you're up there. Why not? I don't know, a 60 burger is pretty good. Um, but his you know word, you know, what's better than a 60 burger, a 70 burger in a national championship. So Georgia has been really playing good. football since 1892. They've won 860 games. They've scored over 65 points like seven times ever in the history of football. And like six of those teams don't even play football before like 1930. Wow. Yeah. And it was just, I, I think it was, I, I have regrets because I, I think I talked about this on the podcast. I was like, my strategy was like, I'm just going to put all my money on Georgia and the points and make it real simple for myself. And I didn't do that. I didn't trust it. So I got, I, I didn't come out as, uh, as well as I could have, but, um, I think watching the uh, pregame, and then I don't know what the question was to Curry Smart of like, like how do, what do you think you guys are? What's your approach? What's to your game? What's your plan for this game? Yeah, and he was just like, great. We gonna like, oh, we gonna hunt. I feel weird. I feel I feel scared. <laughs> she goes, that, she is like, that it? He's like, yep. She, yeah, she said, is that it? And he just goes, next question. <laughs> just a nod. <laughs> it was, dude. As soon as that happened. I inst- I'm not a, I am not a regretful better. I, I mm-hmm. thought I had the game pegged as far as it being closed because what TCU did to, to, to Michigan, I was dead, dead wrong. I still thought it looked good at 10-7 to, okay, they're going to be able to do something. It, ne- it, after that point, it was ball game. <laughs> Nothing happened for TCU positive after that point. Now I will say, and I want to make sure this is on record. TCU class act. They got their butts kicked. They kept fighting. They stayed positive ish, <laughs> I'll say. Um, but they, they, they didn't act like losers. They kept fighting. They kept their heads up on the sideline. Um, kudos to them for sure, because other teams I think would have absolutely folded in that situation, especially because it just kept compound escalating. Yeah, yeah. Andre, do you think it would have been I think I asked this in the in the text thread, would it have been better for TCU to lose a close game to Michigan or to have this happen to them? Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> we and we said the same thing as like, you know, TCU probably got away with one. They were some breaks definitely went their way against Michigan. Uh Georgia definitely got away with one against Ohio State. Probably had no real business winning that game, but but pulled it out in the end. 
And we talked about it last week. We said that this is a team, Kirby's going to have this team and there's a chance he leaves no doubt. And yeah. that was exactly how it, it played out. You, you said that. I did not. <laughs> I did say that. So let me ask a question here. If Georgia plays Ohio State and wins 38 21, um, does this happen just like this again or is it a different game? I think it, I mean, again, they've only scored, Kirby scored 60 plus points and it's against UMass and Vanderbilt ever in his eight years at Georgia. Like you can't envision and say that it would be the exact same. Uh, but I think that, I think they would have won. I think it probably been closer to some of the predictions that we had a 40 mm-hmm. to 20 sort of game. Uh, maybe it's a back, backdoor touchdown to, to hit the cover, uh, for TCU. But, um, you know, it's hard to say that they could, they would replicate this. Um, it just felt like this one had some extra stank on yeah. it to be like, there's a conversation being had about Georgia right now that we do not appreciate and like, so we need to correct the narrative. Yeah. And so it, like <laughs> Jalen Carter was called out for being out of shape. Some, you yeah. know, some, the, the secondary was called out. And if Stetson was called out, if you're, if there's everybody, anybody that can take just like a little, a sentence or a phrase or a nugget from the media and absolutely turn it on his team and motivate them to the max capacity is Kirby. And I think that's what he did. Yeah, man. Unbelievable performance. Uh, Jason, have you reached out or made yourself available to TCU fans as an aggrieved, uh, college football playoff, uh, fan member of what, what happens? We don't have to do this right now. It's, it's I'm completely unnecessary as well as Andre in the, in the, in the chat, in the thread, also attacked Notre Dame at a time that wasn't necessary at all. I've been a no Georgia. attack, just retweeted. That's all I did. <laughs> just passed along the tweet. You didn't. You didn't just retweet. You <laughs> shared a tweet in the thread. It's it's unnecessary. Um, let's just let's just say that you know it it just says a lot about who who you all are to bring up Notre Dame right now. <laughs> well, I just so uh, we have that website. Uh, it gets better. Uh, JasonWaterfalls.com. Uh, if you're a TCU fan, you can just go there. There's like, there's video, uh, testimonials of how it's all right. Like, he's been run over by an SEC team too. I don't know. Somebody retweeted in my feed the other day, just Najee Harris jumping over and just completely clearing <laughs> another Dame defender. And in my memory, um, that was like 40 yards downfield, but that was like on the edge of the line of scrimmage. So I don't even know how you generate that much speed and, and height when you do that. But wow, what a core memory for me. We good? Go <laughs> done. Um, do we want? Let's do this. I purposely uh, wore my Notre Dame hat because I knew this was you freaking did. coming. No, you did. We're just like we're just. Let's let's just say this though. TCU, you got smashed, but I think they would take this outcome and getting to the championship game and beating a Big Ten team like Michigan over any other possibility. Yeah, I mean, there's no not to them. They got smashed in the national championship game, but. Good on them to go, you know, 13 and one, get to the national championship game. It's, you know, getting to the playoff for a team like TCU is, is a, as a positive, no matter what the outcome is. So, yeah, I think either, I think this is, it doesn't feel like it's a better outcome. Um, cause I think initially I I thought, no, it'd be better to lose like heroically than to be demolished like this. But I think the idea of like, we beat Michigan. So in the pecking order, it's like Big Ten and us instead of it's still like Michigan, Ohio State, and then any of the SEC teams. So, um, but what I, do y'all like think that. about some of the criticism? Because it's sort of noted that the college football playoff committee kept Ohio State and Michigan from playing each other in the semifinal game. Um, so, you know, if they had played in the semifinal game, Georgia TCU played in the semifinal game, you probably get 
a Georgia Ohio State national championship and would likely be a much better game. So, you know, the people that uh, complained about the the game and you know, I think there is. Some, I think some criticism. I think the rankings it. were correct. I think the placements were correct. I think Ohio State was the only not conference championship in that mix. So that's what number you get. And well, TCU uh, wasn't either, right? Because they lost. Yeah, they lost too. To Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Oh, yeah. well, my see, bad. I mean, like they didn't but, move. But right? I thought Kansas. I thought TC, I'm sorry. I thought TCU lost their first game to Kansas State, but no, they were undefeated until the conference. Yeah, championship and then they didn't game. drop from three. USC drops my out, bad. and it was basically noted that they didn't move TCU to avoid a Ohio State Michigan semifinal. Because I think even still, Jason, I think I agree with you. Because even though you lose in the in the conference championship, you're still in the conference championship. Ohio State didn't get there, but I think it's it's the weird thing of I think if you were really thinking critically, you had to think Ohio State was going to come into their next game on fire, just because. But you can't. There's no evidence of that, so you can't necessarily seed for that and predict that because maybe they're just like uh, soft and paper Flawed, champions, yeah. and they're going to get both. Yeah, so so you don't know, but I think. I do think any um, situation that leads to we got to build up to Ohio State Michigan rematch that's not good TV. I'd rather see a game I haven't seen before. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I, I fundamentally I did want Georgia TCU semifinal, Michigan Ohio State, almost like a like a Duke North Carolina in the Final Four. You know, not the championship game, but leading up to it, I think that's good. TV. Well, you're probably going to get the best championship game by playing Georgia TCU Ohio State Michigan because you're guaranteed yes one of those two big brands on that side yeah. Uh, likely playing a Georgia team. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, I'll never forget that. To me, the the biggest national title game blow was always uh, Tommy Frazier running over Florida. Um, but this has supplanted that. Yeah, it's not only <laughs> just the biggest national championship margin of victory; it's the biggest bowl game ever. And it's like all <laughs> these, like, the history of the points and the margin of victory and all this stuff is like stuff that likely will never happen again. Like it's just. No, it's Star Wars yeah. stuff, man. The scoring was honestly Star Wars stuff. And that leads to our, our third over under here. Let's talk about the author of a lot of that scoring, Stetson Bennett. Um, you know, obviously an incredible showing. Uh, that might have been everything his career was leading up to. It just felt like virtuoso, everything dialed up, every, the complete control. That one play where he, uh, I think it was a third and 10 and he audibles and changes the play so he can bait that, uh, linebacker to rush and then spin out like that was, that's just next level stuff, yeah. you know? Um, so I want to talk to you guys and ask you, Andre, Stetson Bennett obviously is going to probably, he's going to be in the NFL draft. Uh, would you take the over on him going in the four, four and a half rounds over being round five and up under being round four, uh, or below? Right. Like that's such a, it's like a, such a perfect spot because you, the intangibles of Stetson Bennett quarterback are off the charts, right? Yeah. But, if he was, you know, two or three inches taller, he's first round, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it, but my thing Which is just silly, right? But my thing is, if you see, we're we're all convinced that Bryce Young is probably the number one pick, number one quarterback, right? Oh man, spicy take. I I wouldn't take him. Okay, I take CJ. But okay, you still I, think? But he's definitely going first yeah, round. Yes, yes. Standing yeah. next to each other, they're the essentially the same size, right? So if the knock on Stetson is that he's too small. And, and this and that, and it's all stature and size, then where's the same criticism for Bryce Young? If it's, if it's yeah. guys that you're worried about getting, I think it's happening. I think it's happening a lot, but some, but Bryce's skill set is being, um, 
commended to be way higher than Stetson. Right. It's, but, and it's, be- the, but the Bryce, the Bryce size thing is happening quite a bit. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, you see all this stuff about how he good he is out of the pocket and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, then maybe the Alabama offensive line isn't that good. Like they, he's <laughs> forced to do these sort of things that maybe Stetson isn't asked to do or forced to do. But, you know, I think, no, that- I don't think you're wrong because I think it's, uh, the problem is Bryce Young came in as a elite five star. So that's always been his narrative. Stetson did. Exactly. So his narrative has always been like scrappy. If he was a three or four star quarterback and two inches taller from the beginning and two inches taller, he is first round. He's going to crush every sort of GM interview he's going to have. Uh, the, just the story of perseverance and all the stuff that plays into being him as a person and him as a player. Uh, but you know, it's, we know the value of good quarterbacks in the NFL and, is he going to translate into a 10 or 15 year guy in the NFL? Probably not. Uh, but I think if he could find a good situation, he's a very good backup somewhere. Um, yeah, but that four and a half is such like, a, you know, it's like, is he, does he get drafted? Yes. At four and a half, 100%. I'm like, is four it a, feels too early? Yeah. Five feels too late. Right. You like know, it's a perfect to do with it. It's right at the perfect number, but I'll, I'll go on record and say over four and a half. Okay, so I think you, it's like you're gonna say five. Yeah, I six, think it's seven. like five. Yeah. Okay, Jason, I'm gonna say under. I think it's in the fourth round. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Fifth feels too late. Yeah, it really and, does. And it's, be, it, it's because of that Bryce comparison. I think, and we've seen up and down quarterback play all across the board from various sizes of individuals this year. I think somebody's gonna take a chance on him because, and this is what happens all the time with the the NCAA tournament and bowl games. He ended on such a freaking high. Yeah. He looked mm-hmm. so fast. His arm looked so active that I think that somebody's going to take a chance on him within the fourth round. It, it, it does feel like, uh, like in the final four, when somebody that you've never heard of plays really well and an NBA executive talks themselves into like Sheldon Williams from Duke, you're like, what, huh? And like, it doesn't play, but like you have that recency bias. I mean, you know, I'm trying to, in my head, I'm making the case like, the only thing you could say different between Stetson and Bryce Young, um, is, I mean, look, I'm not going to get into the, like, one has a quicker release or whatever. I don't know that stuff. Uh, uh, I think both had elite talent. So you can't even separate there because, um, they're both probably thrown to the same caliber. Uh, the only thing for Bryce is Bill O'Brien was calling his plays. So maybe that's a hurdle that he had to persevere through. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and Stetson has an elite offensive play caller that put him in yeah. a perfect situation. So I don't know. I, here, here's the prediction I'll make. I think if Brock Purdy gets to the, the NFC championship or the Super Bowl, Stetson Bennett will go fourth round, maybe even third round. Because I think the trend will be, oh, you know what? What if we have a guy with a lot of tape, makes a lot of good throws, makes throws in an NFL offense? Um, we can kind of build with that. Somebody will talk themselves into Stetson Bennett. If Brock Purdy um, poops his pants and they go out against the Seahawks, I think it's uh, past. Uh, I think it's five, six, or seven. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. And I think that then, you know, there's, again, it's the value on the quarterback. And if if you're not going to get that C.J. Stroud, if it is that Bryce Young in the first round, and you have these other needs, then you can you can plan on a quarterback in the third, fourth, fifth round. And I think that could be a spot that he he does find himself in. Yeah, I think he might get even overdrafted just because of availability of uh, quarterbacks. I'm trying to look for betting odds on uh, when Stetson Bennett will get drafted because 
even just talking it out loud, I was like, man, I've talked myself into it. Yeah, it would be a super interesting one when, when all those. You've talked yourself into the over? Sorry, Andre. You're you've talked yourself no, into, into the over? I'm, I'm, I'm like, back into the second round? Uh, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's, I believe, and I would put money on, not a ton, but I would put a unit on the idea that Stetson goes before the fifth round. If there was like an yeah. exact round bet and if it was fourth for plus, you know, whatever odds, I think that could be a fun, a fun bet. I would put money on, um, whoever, whatever fan base drafts Stetson Bennett, they will be in two to three years, they will be pleased. Whatever fan base drafts Will Levis in two to three years will be disgusted with that choice in retrospect. Well, because he's going to go it's first round and he, he takes the pressure of being a first round guy with him where Stetson yeah. goes fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever. If he plays well, awesome. If he doesn't play well, like, hell, he's a hell of a college quarterback and he can go, yeah, uh, get the keys to Athens and never have to pay for a beer in the city again. So I feel like he'd be a fun backup. Like he would be a chill guy. He'd be like, look, I did my thing. You know, who do you think gets more free gear from Kirby moving forward? Andre or, uh, Stetson? <laughs> well, Stetson will get the statue. He'll get the number retired. Uh, but I think the gear's good. Incredible. Incredible. Um, okay. Any, any other thoughts on, well, let, let me ask this, Andre. Um, how are you feeling about next year and the title defense and the back to back to back? And how are you feeling about who is going to replace Stetson Bennett? That's, yeah. Great questions. Um, defensively, uh, the team that trots out on the field next year is going to be awesome on defense. They had at any time against TCU and Ohio State six true freshmen. Uh, on the field, your, your misses, you know, the guys you're going to miss the most, Jalen Carter, obviously. Sure. Uh, but you've got two guys in the wings and a six, five, 330 pound high school senior that's coming in that just dominated the U.S. All American game. Uh, you're going to miss, uh, Keely Ringo at one of the cornerback spots, but you're going to return the other side. You have true freshman Starks in this at safety that's coming back. I mean, all the, you had, you all the linebackers the come back. You like you said they're super young, and I, I guess I didn't. Not that I didn't believe you, but I didn't understand how young. And I listened to a podcast recap of the of the national championship, and someone ripped off like all the stars is like freshman, sophomore, freshman, freshman, all, sophomore, sophomore. That's preposterous. Eight of the eleven are were freshmen and sophomores, and then Ooh. all the juniors are going pros. Um, so, is there any uh, uh, transfer portal um, buzz? Good or bad? Defensively, not yet. Uh, they went and got two of the best wide receivers in the portal. Uh, Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State and Lovett from Missouri, uh, to both fill a, a guy on the outside and a guy in the slot when you lose a guy like Kiaris Jackson. But the wide receiver room is going to be great. Um, the running back room is going to be great. Offensive line, there's some guys that have some decisions to make. Uh, in reality, all five could return, but I would imagine yeah. that Broderick Jones, left tackle, go make your money, buddy. Like these guys that have proved everything they need to, um, you know, good for you. Go on, do your thing. Um, you know, tight end wise, uh, you saw Darnell Washington, um, has, has, uh, said he's going pro. Brock Bowers by rule has to come back. So that's a good thing. Sure. Uh, let me, let me ask this, Jason. If, if you were on, uh, like the, uh, director of ops for Iowa football, would there be a good reason to go, Hey, Kirk, let's put all of our money together, 20 million for Brock Bowers. And the pitch is Brock, you could score infinity touchdowns. You could raise your stock through the roof. We're, we're tied into you. Like they don't love you. Like we would love you here. Like we would build, we would rename Iowa after you. 
what would you think? About Brock's that? only question would be, who is throwing me the ball? <laughs> and then before answering, would hang up the phone. <laughs> Wait, who is throwing it? It's somebody sad. Uh, is It's not Cade McNamara, is it? It's Brock Purdy Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be an upgrade. That would be an upgrade. But yeah, but it, you know, I think the, the, the question, the biggest question mark is, is that quarterback. And so, uh, you know, the offense will go as the quarterback goes. Um, you've got Carson Beck, who's kind of way in the wings, had his opportunity to transfer, uh, after last year, stuck around. You've got a redshirt freshman and a true freshman, uh, both four and five stars, uh, that, you know, will get their opportunity. And honestly, if you see George go after a, a portal quarterback, uh, they probably don't like what they have. And, um, but I can see, but also they I may need the portal. I think the portal court quarterbacks are used up at this point. And I, that's I, another thing. I mean, is, if, yeah, I think it's going to be my <clears throat> potentially a transfer for a backup. Yeah. And that's another thing is if you get to spring practice, you know, right now you've really only got three scholarship quarterbacks that you, that you probably trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you name a starter, you got to think that one of them probably transfers and then you're, you know, just short on numbers. So that's what, from what I read, uh, I think the athletic had a good piece on who's going to replace Setson. And, and it seemed like everyone's going to stay until spring. And then once that kind of plays out, everyone's going to transfer. I got to be honest with you. I think, uh, I think I have his name right. Uh, the one I'm rooting for is Brock Vandergriff. Uh, is he the ginger? He is. Like he seems like he's got a ginger Gardner Minshew energy about him. And I'm all about that. <laughs> and I think he's mobile. And I think, he is. uh, if anything, the, the Stetson mobility was underrated. And I think it was such a big part of the offense. And it would be tough for me as someone getting to be like, let's go to the skinny, uh, 170 pound quarterback who I can't remember. Is it Beck? Is that Carson who it Beck? Is? And then the other, your other quarterback who has a very Georgia name, Gunnar Stockton, uh, <laughs> is, is actually a guy that has gotten a lot of buzz. There was kind of some talk. You, you kind of hear it in the, the rumor mills, but if had Stetson gotten hurt this year and it turned into something multiple weeks for the season that Carson Beck in yeah. a game would play, but there would be yeah. a Gunnar Stockton package for for the season he's a kind of a bigger kid loves to run kind of has a tebow kind of look to him that's kind of the offense he ran in in uh, high school it's like a blake bell like a bell dozer situation yeah, like let's go but but a much better thrower and he he yeah. mimicked uh max duggan all uh, last week okay. and even went to kirby and asked to take off the quarterback non-contact jersey so the team could hit him like get so he could Jeez. get live action uh f- to get the defense ready so Incredible. There's a lot of light Eddie, uh, um, in Athens. Yeah. What's JT Daniels eligibility? Where's he at? Is he, <laughs> is in, there a reunion possibility? <laughs> I think he's made his fifth decision to uh, travel to Rice uh, for next what year. What if we just do all time quarterback <laughs> and he just, he gets to be in college football as long as he wants to because he's clearly not going to dominate it. It transfers every kind of year until he's 40. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody, it's almost like, uh, uh, how HBO, uh, does the NFL team, like they just get an NFL team and it's, it's, there's some metrics on who gets, uh, uh, picked, but like it's just kind of random. I like that. Like somebody randomly gets JT Daniels and just has to talk about that. I think that would be fun. Um, okay. Let's wrap up here. Well, again, Andre, congratulations. Um, who would have thought, man? Is there, you know, people are talking on the internet and I've seen some of the comment threads and like some Reddit, um, uh, boards. They're saying the reason George is doing so well is because of the over under cheapers podcast, yes. you know, like yeah. that coincides. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have any evidence against it. Yeah. It, it, it's proven fact. Uh, yeah. so it's hard to, to disagree with that. So we gotta, we gotta stay out in these podcast <laughs> streets, I guess, uh, and keep going. Um, well, let's do came in close to the pen. And I wanted to, um, honestly, I can't, I feel like we've used a lot of George people and I can't remember their scores. Um, but I wanted to honor a former coach who didn't win a national championship and probably, even on an infinite spectrum would never win a national championship. And that's Jim Donnan. 
Um, do you disagree with that assessment, Andre? <laughs> the stories of Jim Donnan in Athens and the what those players were doing with him as head coach. Yes, yeah. I do agree with that. That he would never. He had some dogs, but they were they were rough around the edges. Tales of his, um, we'll call it illegality or potential illegality. Uh, I, they've even reached up to East Tennessee, so I can't even imagine what he was doing. Close I just to love that he is like lives in Athens now. He yeah. hangs out at practice with Kirby. Like Kirby loves him. He's just he just gets to hang in Athens. That's the good thing about all these former Georgia quarterbacks. I mean, uh, coaches. They all just go back to Athens and hang out. See, I think that's fun. Like the ex presidents, when they show up, I'm like, oh man, there's all the presidents. That's cool. <laughs> like the ex coaches, they should have uh, a thing too. Well, so we'll, we'll be guessing the camera price for uh, Jim Donnan today. We'll go personal and business price. Do you want to hear the truth? I've never even heard that name in my entire life. <laughs> well, okay. Think of like if the Dukes of Hazards, like if they had a football coach um, that they had to like show up to, he would be like the coach on the Dukes of Hazard. Do you know what the Dukes of Hazard are? Have you heard of that? With Johnny Knoxville? Oh my God. SWS? <laughs> Your Midwest is showing. <laughs> Technically, yes, but that is bait. Did you know? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be. Put another shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> Did you know that's based on a, like a, like a seventies? Yes. What are you okay, all okay. talking about? Calm was, down. Listen, I was trying not to be disrespectful and I didn't want to like clown you if you hadn't heard of that. You know, I'll clown just you a, both. just a very Southern sheriff, college football coach, you know, kind of, kind of vibe. All right. I've got my number. I'm ready. Jason, are you ready? My number is one hundred dollars. My number is also one hundred dollars. Oh. Andre's one hundred, and you've got your business prices too. I do. Okay, okay. I've got. I'm, I'm guessing forty nine and five hundred. Thousand is my business price. Five hundred is my business price. Okay, so you guys went a hundred. That's that's a that's a big number for a coach that not even you know Midwestern football god Jason Waterfalls has ever heard of. He has no idea who this person is. This narrative has got to stop. No. I was trying to compliment you. You know football. Like, I'm, I'm the only one here that has lived around the country. Okay, let's all. 100. percent I was trying to respect you, man. I've lived out of the country. <laughs> you have. I, yeah. Where? St. Thomas. Gap your dog. Post college. Bartend sailboat. Hey, come on. How long did you live there? A year. Dang, good for you. That's the that's the right way to do it. That's the right way to do it. Um, okay, Jim Donnan, cameo price reveal. You can get him for eighty nine dollars. Ooh, so Ty. So you guys split. Did you have the same business price? Mine was uh, five hundred. No. Mine was a thousand. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Andre takes this because business video is three hundred fifty dollars. Three hundred fifty dollars. How does Andre take it? That's never been a tiebreaker before. But okay. Oh wait, I thought he gets a national. We... He gets back to back national championships. I get ragged for Notre Dame from a game seven years ago, <laughs> and then Andre gets the point. Okay. It only makes sense though. Okay. You know, you know what I like about Jim Donnan? He does all of his cameos in the same shirt. On the same couch, in the same angle, <laughs> up against his back window. Is he definitely perfect. looking down at it? He, yes. And his hair, he's very bald now, and is he's not like I'm combing the side hedges. It's just like, what I took my hat off to do this, and what, it is what it is. So he's a Hall of Fame college football coach. So, Jason, kind of embarrassing for you, honestly. You know, you should know that. You should be aware of that. Um, okay. Well, that's it for this episode of the Over Underachievers. Where you go, please remember to follow the show on Twitter at OU Achievers and on Instagram at Over Underachievers. Also, if you want to spread the word, you can do so by leaving a five star rating and review or by sharing the show with a friend. That's the best way to help the show grow. As always, I'm Knox. He's Andre. He's Jason. We'll see you next time.